Jesus said to the disciples, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. At a previous congregation that I served, there was a small sign that hung outside of the sanctuary space. The sign read, please do not bring coffee, tea, or hot chocolate into the worship area. I thought the sign was kind of funny. It was so specific. And every once in a while, someone would ask me something like, can I bring my cookie into the sanctuary? Can I bring my apple juice inside? And I would point to the sign and say, well, it's not on the list, so I guess it's okay. But please be very careful. With every rule or law, there is the letter of the law. That's what is written. And then there's the heart or the spirit of the law. What's behind what is written? In this case, the letter of the law, the actual printed rule was simple. Do not bring coffee, tea, or hot chocolate in. But the spirit of the sign, despite the grace that I often gave its violators, was please don't bring beverages in that can spill and make a mess listing the three beverages that were served at coffee hour and assuming people would understand that it probably applied to anything that wasn't water. It's easier to follow the letter of the law. It's black and white. There's no need for interpretation or to think too hard about it. Following the heart of the law is a little different. It means having to think about context or the intent of the lawgiver. I assumed that the drink sign was about preventing spills, but perhaps the rule was actually about honoring the worship space. Would that mean then, when the space was used for a meeting rather than for worship, that the rule was more flexible? Or would it mean that the sanctuary is holy space all of the time, even during coffee hour? 
Then putting down your cup before entering would be like taking off your shoes, recognizing you are now on holy ground. Taking time to interpret the law means inviting some thinking around the subject, a time to consider context and motivation if a little rule about beverages can invite so much consideration then imagine the conversations we could have when we reflect on God's law, the commandments first given to Moses. This week, our gospel lesson is again from the Sermon on the Mount. And a quick recap for those if you haven't been following along. In this sermon, Jesus is sharing with the disciples and the crowd who is gathered what it means to follow him. He begins with the Beatitudes, this surprising list of who God considers blessed. And then last week we heard we are considered salt and light. And Jesus said that he came to not to abolish the law, but in fact to fulfill it. And now Jesus continues to address the law, which With each law, Jesus seems to expand and intensify it, starting with do not murder, which we read today. Jesus' words sound harsh. There is this threat of judgment getting sent to Gehenna. In our translation, we read this as hell, but Gehenna was an actual place, one that this crowd would know. It was this stinking garbage pit the town dump where waste was sent. And it was constantly burning, always on fire. So I'm hoping that Jesus is using hyperbole here and intentionally exaggerating, using words that are sure to grab the attention of the disciples so that they know how important this is. I like how Jesus approaches scripture here because often when we quote scripture in a discussion or an argument, it's the end point. The Bible says this period, end of discussion. But instead, Jesus is treating scripture as a starting point, an invitation for further discussion and consideration. In this way, Jesus shows a deep respect for the law and a deep respect for the one who gives the law. How can we take what the law says and apply it to our lives in such a way that we live out God's deepest desire for us? Each lesson begins with, you have heard it said, And instead of leaving it there, which would be enough to follow the letter of the law, Jesus dives deeper, getting to the heart of the matter. You have heard it said, you shall not murder. In the list of 10 commandments, this one seems, to me at least, and I don't want to speak for any of you, but this one's by far the easiest commandment to accomplish. I can feel pretty good about myself because when it comes to following this law, I have a 100% success rate. When it comes to following the letter of this law, I get an A+. 
But then Jesus goes and complicates things. It's as if Jesus is telling us that setting the bar at not murdering is setting the bar too low. That we can do better. This law isn't just about taking the life of another. This law is about something more. Jesus says that this law is about our hearts. That before there is the act of murder, there is a feeling of ill will. That if we hold anger in our hearts against another, then we are liable to judgment. That insulting another person makes us liable to the fiery garbage pit. That before we offer our gift at the altar, if we are not in right relationship with someone in the congregation, then we shouldn't approach the altar at all. We should go instead and make things right first and then come back to God. This is the reason we share the peace before communion. That really changes things. If we consider you shall not murder really means that we shouldn't hold on to anger or insult someone or let hard feelings linger instead of making it right, suddenly my law-abiding record doesn't look so perfect. There's no gold star for me. The law was given to Moses as a gift so that the Israelites could learn to live as a community, live in ways that were respectful to one another, and set them apart as God's people. Jesus is offering us an even deeper reconciliation, a way for the beloved community to live out God's greatest desire and hope for us. I mean, can you imagine a world without so much anger? without holding grudges, without bullies, where we are quick to apologize and quick to forgive? It would be amazing. It seems too good to be true, to live in a world where we always chose to treat one another with kindness, humility, and respect. That sounds like God's heavenly kingdom coming to earth. Jesus continues to build this vision as he continues to preach, and we can't get to all of what Jesus says in this one sermon, but you can join the Thursday morning Bible study if you want to study the Sermon on the Mount in greater depth. We're going to fast forward. Near the end of the sermon, Jesus proclaims, in everything... Do to others as you would have them do to you, for this is the law of the prophets. That's it. Treat others the way you would want them to treat you. That's the heart of it all. And we can't do this on our own. If we could get an A-plus by our own efforts, then we wouldn't need Jesus. In just a bit, we're going to baptize that little baby Connor. And you'll hear Connor claimed as a child of God. He'll be called to a life proclaiming Christ 
caring for the world, working for justice and peace, called to let his light shine before others. What a calling for one so small. A baptism, especially of one so young, is a wonderful reminder for us that God has faith in us. Even before we've done anything to earn or deserve it, God trusts us and God calls us. We are who we are because of who God is. It's God's unconditional, unending love that gathers us together. It's God's abundant love that teaches us how to love one another. It's God, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who inspires us to live in community. Jesus came to fulfill the law, to transform us into kingdom people. Jesus came to reconcile God and people and to reconcile people to one another, to fix what was broken, to heal those who were hurting. The law is about how we live as God's people. And at the heart of the law is to love God and to love our neighbors. It's not always easy, but it is simple. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is the law of the prophets. May Jesus fulfill this law in us. Amen.